Yo, yo, what up, what up? Welcome to the WTF, Should I Do It In My Life podcast. I am your host, Jacob Sokol, and if this is your first time rocking with us, well, this is a podcast where we look at how we can live with more fulfillment, happiness, and success while living with a deep sense of integrity and purpose and equanimity, which is peace of mind. Um, while navigating the challenges that, that exist today, the challenges that are current for our generation in 2016, and I'm thrilled that you're rocking with us. Today, we've got a special guest on the podcast, my man, Dr. Aziz. Uh, Aziz is someone who I've been friends with uh, since earlier this year, and he's just a great guy, super smart, lots of great wisdom, huge heart. Um, a little bit about Aziz. So, so Dr. Aziz, he's a clinical psychologist and one of the world's leading experts on social confidence. In 2011, he started the Center for Social Confidence, which is dedicated to helping everyone break through their shyness and their social anxiety. So, uh, Dr. Aziz, uh, he's the author of the book, which is called The Art of Extraordinary Confidence, subtitled The Ultimate Path to Love, Wealth, and Freedom, as well as the solution to, as well as the book, The Solution to Social Anxiety, subtitled Break Free from the Shyness That Holds You Back. So in today's interview, we're going to dive into a couple of interesting ideas. We kind of geeked out and started cracking up during the interview, really laughing about some of the experiences that we've had personally with overcoming lack of confidence and and, uh, getting out of our comfort zone. Um, So some specific things that we'll go into are three confidence-building exercises that you can apply immediately. Um, We'll talk about one of the biggest myths about confidence and how you can kind of work with that and reframe that in your mind. We'll go into the difference between men and women experience confidence, right? The way that men and women experience confidence and a whole bunch more of goodness. So without any further ado, let's get cracking. Aziz, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, dude. Well, I'm stoked to have you. It's been really cool getting to know you more intimately over the last uh, six months and to see what a powerhouse of creation you are and all the magic that you're bringing out into the world. And so it's a real treat for all of us, everyone who's listening today to, to have you here. Awesome. Thank you. So you could have chosen any subject in the world to base your work on. Why did you choose confidence? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. It was not a conscious choice. It was not like I didn't even know I was going to teach it or help people with it. I was just compelled to figure it out for myself because of a severe lack of confidence that was limiting my life. And that led to, well, first it started with many years of avoiding, hiding, and living in that place. But the journey really shifted when I decided to take it on and figure it out and do whatever it takes to learn confidence, to create confidence in my life. And I didn't start out with a grand vision. It started out with like, how do I get a girlfriend? That's mm-hmm. what it was like. Let me just get. And then it became, oh, wow, it's not just about meeting women. It's about 
talking to anyone and talking to other men and not feeling less than or insecure other people. And it began to grow and grow. And then I became obsessed. I remember I would be listening. Once I got a taste of being able to change it and grow my confidence, I got obsessed. I remember I had a, I had a friend, a good friend. We were driving on a road trip somewhere. And I all I wanted to listen to was like confidence building seminar tapes, <laughs> CDs. And he's like, dude, this is boring. You're obsessed. And I'm like, eh. you know, actually, at the time, I was offended. But when I look back, I'm like, yeah. I was, and there's no shame in that. So that's what made me focus on the topic, and then it just became a natural extension to to begin to she- share and teach others because of my own fascination and obsession with it. You're bringing me back to the time in my life when I had a very paralleled experience of being all in on figuring out how to become a, per- a person with a deep sense of purpose and and kind of master the inner game so that I could externally get the relationships, the the success, etc. And and I can remember, you know, being out in a at a bar on uh in Bayside, Queens, New York in uh I was probably 23 or something and I'm out with, you know, my my friends who are all looking to pick up women as was I and uh and I'm like dude but here's this concept of like you know if you're the most dominant one I was just like you know regurgitating all this stuff that I had picked up from some seminars and it's so funny because they they also looked at me kind of strangely and it's funny how the things that we end up feeling insecure about or the things that we get labeled as obsessive or weird because of ultimately can be great indicators as to what our deepest purpose is. And it's really cool to look now 10 years later, however long it's been, um, like, yeah, holy shit, this is exactly the path that led me to doing the work that is so fulfilling for me. Absolutely. And I, I love that. And I am always curious about what someone is fascinated by. And often people I see that I work with, they'll think of themselves as boring or not having something that they're really good at. But when I start to ask them questions, there are things that they're interested in, that they're fascinated by. And the only problem is that they're judging those things. Well, that's lame. That's not worth anything. People would think that's stupid. But I think if we let that go and actually pay attention, you're absolutely right. There is at least a piece of our purpose is going to be, a clue is going to be hidden there. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So one of the few things that I learned about business and kind of marketing was was the concept of really selling people what they want and giving them what it is that they actually need. So for instance, in my line of work, I help people connect to a deeper purpose and nobody is really so so they might be saying, "Oh, well, I really feel like there's something greater out there for me. I want to know what my purpose is." Um and really what they need is, so that's what they want. Really what they need is knowledge of self, right? Uh, connection to their heart, a better relationship with their breath. But no one is out there like, it's like, oh, if I only had knowledge of self, my life would be so much better, right? Like nobody gives a shit about knowledge of self, most people, unless you're me and a weirdo. Um, so, so in your line of work, you know, when you, when you sell confidence, 
or at least, you know, kind of market towards confidence. Is there something underneath that that's kind of the real thing that people need that might not be as flashy or catchy as the word confidence? Sure. What's actually interesting is confidence is probably not even the flashiest thing. The flashiest thing, because someone might say, I need confidence, but they also might say, I need a girlfriend. I mean, that's what I, I don't think I was thinking when I was young, I need confidence. I mean, I, if some, if once it became, once I took the first step, I instantly realized like, oh yeah, (laughs) my confidence sucks. (laughs) But I thought I want a girlfriend. And so if someone came up to me and said, hey, I have a course here about how to build your confidence. Do you want it? I'm going to say, and someone said, hey, I have a course here about how to confident or just how to meet women and get them to date you. I would instantly buy it. So I find there's the outer layer that the people that I help are looking for the results of confidence. I think of confidence as a vehicle to get us what we want in life. So better relationships, maybe being able to start a relationship or to to be in relationships in a way that feels empowered, free, lacking guilt, obligation, people pleasing, all the stuff that make relationships no fun. Or they want confidence in career and business, whether it's being able to be more of a force in a company that they work in, be recognized for what they do, or in their own business, being able to, you know, because there's a ton of confidence there in, in all areas, from approaching potential partners to for sales, all that stuff. So that's sort of the, the main thing that I think is drawing people. Then it's like, but I speak to it all through a lens of confidence. And they're like, oh, yeah, I need confidence. Then the, maybe the medicine underneath that is all the mechanics of how to get confidence. Because I think we realize that it's a process, but still some part of us wants to find the magic. What's the one thing I say to myself to give myself instant confidence? Mm. What's, the, what's, the, what's the magic bullet? And when they get into my world and we really dive in, there is no magic bullet. There, it's, a, it's a skill and it's a discipline. And that's the part that's the medicine that I don't run around saying, yes, it takes a confidence is a, well, I will actually, I might say that, but, but I don't lead with that. Yeah. And I think that's the part that, and then all the, the skill or the discipline is, is the, these core components of things that we do on a daily basis, like getting on our own side and changing the way that we relate to ourselves, from impatience and criticism to compassion, love, encouragement. And that's a process. That's not an instant fix. Or instead of shying away from what we're scared of, learning how to turn towards what scares us and feel that fear in our bodies and not run away from it, build courage and strength. These are the components that are underneath the flashier outer layer of confidence. And so how would you help somebody do that someone who's listening who's saying okay well shit i want to have more confidence so that i can either be in that relationship that would be fulfilling or improve my performance at work or take that trip that i'm really inspired to take but is nerve-wracking to me and you know you you started to bring us into helping people get on their own side and, and go toward their fear instead of running from it um, what would that actually look like if you were supporting someone in this? Uh, how would you guide them with that? Great question. I think the first place would be, well, what do you actually want? 
what do you and that's a question I love to ask people is if you had unlimited confidence, you could just wave a wand and have all the confidence in the world right there. What would you want? What would you do? How would you show up? And that getting really clear on that is important because what I find is when I talk with people, sometimes they'll tell me, oh, I want this. I want to pursue that or meet this person or be able to date or all the things that you mentioned. But more often they'll start with that. Well, I would love to meet somebody because here's where I'm all messed up. And mm-hmm. then they'll want to tell me a really long story about how messed up they are. And so I think the first place that I guide people is, well, we got to get really clear on what it is that we want. Then we want to get clear on the, the stories we have about ourselves and about what's possible for me. And usually there's a, there's a lot of layers there of, well, I'm not good enough for that. Oh, th- that person's going to reject me. Or if I speak up here, this is going to happen. Or if I go on that trip, all of these problems will occur. And this is why I don't deserve it or whatever. So we want to identify those. And then I help them guide towards what's underneath, which I think is always underneath, which is just fear. Fear of something, fear of some feeling. And then we would move into being able to face that feeling. And I mean it really almost literally in the sense that there's that when you think of going on that trip or you think of approaching that attractive person, how do you, what happens? Well, I feel, I I feel nervous. I feel scared imagining it. Great. Where do you feel that in your body? And I'm helping them get more and more capable to at least start facing the fear because if we can't face it in our in ourselves in our body there's no way we're going to go face it in real life and mm. approach that person we're going to talk ourselves out of it and what we're really scared of at the end of the day is not that person rejecting us or something falling apart while we're on vacation or gone or on that trip it's the feeling that we're going to have after the rejection or the anxiety we're going to experience not knowing what's going on when we're on a trip and so that's what we need to be able to start to face and handle are those feelings. Hmm. Yeah, it's so cool. And yeah, it's almost like you're kind of training your nervous system to be able to experience this intense emotion. That's the way I've been describing fear lately, just as an intense energy and that we all feel this intense energy, but it's those of us who have not built the skill and the discipline to be able to dance with it, to, to harness and, and use that intense energy. If we say, because it's uncomfortable, you know, it's, it's doesn't feel good. And so unconsciously, if we don't train ourselves, we'll just push it away and try to Um, anesthetize and numb ourselves out so that we don't have to deal with the heaviness and the anxiety and the ultimately depression that will come if we don't learn to use this intense energy to actually bring us forward to to alchemize that those nerves into excitement and use that as rocket fuel for our dreams and that process you know when i when i work with people we're paying a lot of attention to their breath their breath being their place of safety, their breath getting out of their head and into their body and kind of building the capacity to be able to to hold that intense energy and move with it instead of uh, instead of run from it so so does that does that come up in in, in um, your experience as well 
Absolutely. And what's fascinating is there's so much focus in our culture on new stuff, new gadgets, new media, new movies, new things. And there's a perception that new is better. And if something's been around for a while, it's old, it's outdated, there's got to be something better. And that maybe that's true when it comes to like your iPhone or technology, because that's always advancing. But when it comes to tools to work with the human mind and reach our potential and peak performance, man, there's been there's stuff that's been around for thousands of years and it works. And so we don't need to something new is not better. So and often the new stuff, especially in the world of personal growth and development, is just a repackaging of of old stuff. And one of the most tried and true and powerful old stuff is is you're right, um, mindfulness of our breath, mindful awareness, meditation. Uh, these things that came out of Buddhism or at least were popularized by Buddhism but probably existed in so many different traditions. But that's really more and more what I see what it comes back to is like, okay, there's this thing I want to do. I'm scared. Can I contain this? Can I, can I let this fear be happening in me without freaking out and running away from it or getting into my head or getting on my, the internet and trying to escape it. Mm. And if I can just sit with it and not let it push me around and just be aware of it, then there's this solid sense of power that comes a sense of I can handle anything and then from that place we can take action and our actions are clear direct bold and ultimately a lot more successful because we can take bigger risks healthier risks yeah for sure one of the things I hear a lot of people who I coach say is I'm not confident enough to do that yet do you find that confidence is a prerequisite, meaning that people need to be confident in order to do things? Or, or do you find that doing the thing will lead to the confidence ultimately? I'd say both. I am a big believer in gradual exposure. And so because I've worked with people, you know, in my now I work on all levels of confidence. Some people I work with already have a very high level of confidence, at least in one or more areas of their life. Like they're really confident at work, but then they're not so confident in their love life or vice versa. But when I first started back in um, my clinical training, I was working with people with like severe anxiety, social anxiety, sometimes even agoraphobia where it's hard for them to leave the house. Mm -hmm. And I became, I saw the power of gradual exposure working in that setting where it's still the same process, right? The ability to feel what's going on in our body and take bold action. But we want to leave all the judgments aside about what should be bold action and say, well, what is bold action for me? So there's a guy that was in one of my group programs who wants to enhance his dating life and then find a relationship as well as, you know, uh, excel in his career. But he is he is too overwhelmed by fear to go like we can't just tell him go walk up to a woman and start a conversation he will freeze up and there's things that we can do to help him get into a powerful state and such but it just doesn't seem to be something he can do and sustain on his own and that's fine so i said let's scale it back where where do you want to start and do you know where he started it wasn't even with women it was calling uh, restaurants and stores 
and asking him random questions. Huh. And he did it 30 times. Uh, it was two weeks in a row. Because I, I, I didn't tell him. I said, well, what number feels good to you? I, it's going to be a lot, I'll tell you that, because repetition is what builds this in, because that's how you desensitize yourself. So we did it 30 times, 30 times, and maybe a third third week, and then it became no big deal. And then it was great. Now, can you ask a woman out in the real world the time or something really basic like that and just, again, desensitize? So in a sense, he's building confidence, but he also still needs to take some action. And one other thought about this, though, is people often tell themselves, I can't do that because I'm not confident or I can't do that because I feel too much fear. And great gradual exposure can help you with that. But here's the truth. The bigger steps you take and the more frequently you take those steps, the faster you're going to grow, the more quickly you're going to get what you want. And the bigger you're going to be able to make reach your dream, have a bigger impact, excel. And that's what I'm all about. So it's almost like, well, how much can you can you how far can you leap? And so for that, it's a, it's, I call it uncertainty tolerance, being able to leap before we're ready, being able to just do it and then work with all of that stuff that comes up, that inner freak out and handle those feelings. Because if we can, then you can go f- like so much further, so much faster. And that's what I'm all about. Now, I understand it's not for everybody and some people, you know, a slower route road is what they need and that's fine. But I'm looking at like, how far can I go? How big can I go? How many people can I reach? So I'm I'm playing a, a big game. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And it's funny how some of the same fears will come back up at the higher level that came up at the lower level. And it's like, wait, I thought I worked through this. And it's like, nope, it's time to it's time <laughs> to learn this lesson again, just on a bigger stage. And uh, and I love what you said, repetition. That that jumped out at me. Repetition is what desensitizes us to that to that fear and instills a sense of confidence in us. Um, that's that's so cool. So for for people who are listening, you know, what are some some confidence building exercises? And and you named you named uh, some examples with the previous gentleman you mentioned. But let's maybe bring it a little bit into a different domain. So maybe somebody wants to do more fulfilling work and that would require a career change slash jump and they feel they don't feel confident about that um what exercises might you offer to someone who wanted to to excel and and expand in that area great that's a great question and that's a funny one because that one can feel so big right it's a big shift like oh my god everything in my life's going to change and we can really Uh, work ourselves up about that here's the thing that i've found is that risk is risk Uh, taking bold action is taking bold action and it's transferable it's like building a muscle it's building up your currency it's building up your bank account in that way and so if so for example um, a good friend of mine who you know as well uh, ben allen he uh created a coaching business uh, helping authors. He's an amazing professor, writing professor, and could help people write uh, particularly books and get the ideas out of them and just help them do it faster than they ever thought. And he could help people that were stuck for months or years and help them get a book out quick. So he decided he wanted to help people with this. And I've seen him over the last two years, or even maybe less, just crush it. 
in terms of his ability to reach out to people, take action, total career shift, left his professor teaching gigs, uh, you know, took the leap, freaked out, of course, like we all do. But what I attribute a lot of his success to and his rapid success to is long before he studied um, coaching or how to help people with this or writing, he worked on his own ability and his confidence around dating and relationships. And he trained himself to be able to walk up to a woman that he found attractive in any setting and just start a conversation with her, which, you know, I don't know if all women realize this, but it's pretty much terrifying to any man <laughs> to do that. Uh, no matter how confident he seems like he had to do a lot of work to be able to do. I don't know why it's like our version of a, you know, facing a lion in the Savannah. It's, uh, we're, uh, we're a, a weaker species now or something, but terrifying. And yet he trained himself with massive repetition. So then when it came, you know, years later to do this, it's like in there. So whether it's in your dating life or a career shift, being building the muscle of bold action will serve you. I have a banner that we have at my live events that says in life, boldness is rewarded and cowardice is ignored. And my definition of boldness is being able to feel face that fear in your body and move towards what scares you in spite of your fear. So that boldness is rewarded. So if you want to be able to make a career shift, that's kind of a, you need to have a pretty strong boldness muscle. Most people won't do that. The fear of the unknown, the fear, can I make it, the golden handcuffs, all those things keep us from doing it. So if you want to build that up, I would say start finding ways to take risks right now. So in the company that you're at, the job that you're at, what risk could you take today? But would it be speaking up with someone? Would it be approaching your supervisor in just a casual way to have a conversation? Not because you need anything, but just to, to treat them more like an equal instead of being afraid of them. Would it be stepping up and raising your hand like, yes, I'll take that on. Even if you know you don't want to work this job long term, if you crush it at the job you're at, you, you'll, be building, you, you'll be building your boldness muscle that will then serve you in whatever it is that you want to pursue. So it's different for each person. But I'd say find that thing that scares you at work and do it. Raise your hand. Volunteer. Start speaking up at meetings. Start being more of a leader. And you can also just take risks outside of your work. Even though maybe your focus might be career change, but maybe what is a risk you could take in a relationship? Having a difficult conversation with a partner, with a spouse, the one that you have been avoiding, that you get kind of sweaty and uncomfortable when you think about it, doing that will actually translate into eventually being able to take a shift in your career because courage is transferable. It's a muscle. That's so good. I uh, Maybe how long ago was it? Seven or eight years ago, I, I was reading the book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And I hadn't really been exposed to many of the ideas. Maybe it was 2007 or something like that, 2008. And there's one line in there that, that I, I remember to this day. She says that um, confidence comes from knowing that you can handle it, right? Like whatever happens, like you can handle it. You'll be all right. And, and there was something really grounding about that for me. It was just like, yeah, I might, you know, look like a fool. Like I might face hardship. But at the end of the day, I can handle it. Whatever happens, I, I can handle it. And I also remember building that muscle to get out of my comfort zone. And that became a, the name of the game for me. Every day, how can I get out of my comfort zone? 
and this is a little embarrassing to admit now, but I didn't, I didn't really have great parameters for that exercise, right? It was just like anything out of the comfort zone, that's a good thing to be doing, right? So like, I'd be like waiting for the subway in Times Square, New York, leaving my job to go home. And I was like, you know, it'd be out of my comfort zone to write some graffiti on this wall right now. Well, I think I'll just, you know, do that a little bit, right? And it was just like, that obviously is horrible advice to uh, to someone who's listening. Um, but I remember really being willing to, to go all in and play full out and experiment with just like feeling the fear. And as you said, building that muscle because I knew I wanted to make a career change. And I knew that ultimately it wasn't going to be about the amount of money that I had in the bank. It was going to be about my capacity to handle whatever challenges came up. So how could I train for the challenges so that when they arise, I don't get washed out by them? You know, your story, I love what you're saying. And your story reminded me of one of the, so I have a program called 30 Days to Dating Mastery, where it, each day they get a training video, a strategy session that teaches them something about, it's for men who want to date women, although women can, can be, greatly benefit from it too. But it starts with self-confidence, then being able to talk to people, then how to flirt and create attraction and, and all that stuff. So there's a strategy session, but then there's a mission each day an action they got to take starts out in the journal, you know, real easy, safe at home, starts to build into the outer world. And even before I have them approaching women, I have them getting more comfortable with getting outside their comfort zone, or I should say more willing to do it. And one of the missions is a rejection practice exercise where the purpose is to get rejected. They're, they're, you're not going to get a yes on this one. And the, the reason I have them do it is because if you have to get a yes from every person you talk to, well, then you're probably never going to talk to anyone because you never know for sure that you're going to get a yes. So the rejection that we have them do is go up to someone and ask them for a hundred dollars. And I guide them through it, you know, Hey, do it, do it in a well lit, you know, don't wait till it's like an alley at night (laughs) and don't jump out behind a dumpster and you just, it's a middle of the day, have a friendly look on your face, walk up, say, Hey, excuse me, can I have a hundred dollars? And I kind of model how to do it. And I say, you know, don't worry, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to get in trouble. No one's going to punch you. And uh, and I, we have a forum for the for the program, so guys who are going through it can share. And sure enough, there's this kid who's like 17. I don't know, in like Illinois or some Midwest country or something, and or state. And he shares how he's doing it in some suburb, and he's walking on the sidewalk, and he asks this older couple, like, "Excuse me, can I have a hundred dollars?" And they're like, uh, "No." And he continues to walk around. And like 10 minutes later, a cop car pulls up. And apparently they had like scurried back into their house, closed the blinds, called the police. <laughs> and I don't know what they said to the police. Like if they just told him he's asking us for 100 or, you know, a young man is doing something shady or whatever. So they go up to him and he talks to them and, you know, basically tells them what he's doing. And I don't know if they just let him go or you know, do the like parental warning, like, well, stop scaring people or something. (laughs) But he said that there was some fear around asking those people for a hundred and a tremendous amount of fear uh, around the, the interaction with the police. And so first I thought it was uh, hilarious. Secondly, I thought, you could put a caveat in there somewhere, you know, do this in a big city where no one's going to call the police. But thirdly, I was like, you know what? That is what a beautiful gift for him. 
because exactly what you said about Susan Jeffers' book, The Feel of Fear and Do It Anyway, is he got to the other side where he realized even that he could handle. Mm. And so even though he was terrified, afterwards he said like it just boosted his, his fearlessness or his willingness to do this stuff became even more accelerated. Mm. That's so good. And so now I'm thinking of all the different instances where I've gone <laughs> way out of my comfort zone. I'm, I'm thinking of one time I went out with my roommate to uh, a local beer garden and there was a table of, I don't know, like eight women in their early 20s and we were, we were in our 20s too. And, uh, and I'm like, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm like, fuck it. Like, like I'm just going to go talk to them. And he's like, like he grabbed my arm like primal fear don't fucking you dare dude i will kill you are you nuts like as if they were a gang of hoodlums and i was gonna like call them a bunch of like you know biatches right it was like he was like i will like murder and and mind you he was an mma fighter who actually fought professionally (laughs) like i actually saw him fight professionally for a paid event and uh and I did it right, and, and I kind of got blown out. Like it, it, it was fun to build the confidence. It wasn't the most fruitful of uh, of events, um, but 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 there's there's a there's a lighthearted there's a there's a funness to that when you can approach it as a game or as like there's this secret kind of world that I'm in where I'm doing this thing that on the outside looks like one thing, but on the inside I really know that this is what it's about. And I find that that willingness to to play your own game or to um, to to do these exercises like you're saying, calling thirty different restaurants, right? And he's just asking for you know a, a question, but on the on the inside, he's building his capacity and strengthening his own character. And it's his character and his capacity that's ultimately one day when it matters, going to show up for the things that that are really most important to him. That's absolutely true, man. And it, I've been this morning when I was laying, I don't know, it was like three in the morning and it was in between coughing fits of our little kids. They're both sick. But I was just laying there and bringing my attention to my body, trying to get myself back to sleep. But my mind was just spitting out ideas. And that's just what happens. And one thing that came into my mind was rejection quotient. Mm-hmm. And I started to think about what is you know, how would you, would it be how many rejections per rejections per day? That's like, well, that's a lot depending upon your profession. Maybe if you're in like cold call sales or something, but I was like, maybe it's rejections per week. But I was like, I wanted to study this. I'm going to start studying it in myself before I share it with clients or a broader audience. But what there's something there because basically you're right. We want to flip the script from like from the outside, your friends like, Oh my God, if they rejected you, that's terrible. Yeah. Versus you realizing that what this is really about. And that's what that rejection quotient, I don't know what it is, if it's a certain number per week, but I pretty much guarantee that anyone who wants to have an extraordinary level of confidence is going to have a higher rejection quotient, higher number of rejections per week in any area, in anything. And then it starts getting our mind to look for, well, okay, I got one this week. Maybe I need, maybe my quota is three this week. So what do I got to do? And if you build that up and you're looking for those, it, it totally flips the script. Hmm. Yeah, that's super cool. You know, a question a little bit off, off to the side here is, do you notice a difference in the way that men and women experience confidence? 
That's a great question. You know, I think that at its core, confidence is the same in men and in women. I think that the um, there's there are behaviors that might be different in men and women, but the inner feeling is going to be the same. So l- let me explain what I mean. So in its core, in, confidence inside is a sense of liking who you are, like healthy self-esteem, thinking that you're valuable, worthwhile, you bring things to the world, you're lovable, and a capacity to to do in the world, to say, when I put my mind to something, if I'm committed, I can make it happen. And so I think that's going to be the same, whether it's a man or a woman. And mm. But the, the when, some, when someone is loving themselves fully, and puts the, able to do something that they put their mind to, it might show up a little differently. So for a man that might be putting something out there, like, you know, I'm going to boldly walk up and do this and go talk to her in this way. And for a woman, she, she could do that. That might be what she wants to do, but maybe her nature is more feminine and receptive. And so she, her uh, confidence and freedom shows up in being able to move her body more freely or, wear what she wants to wear or say what she wants to say when she's revealing herself to her friend. Right. So it might be, it might be a slightly different thing, but not always, but I'd say the inner feelings are going to be exactly the same. That makes a lot of sense. That's a great distinction. And, uh, and so as we're, we're heading towards the end of our, of our talk today, um, here's another question that is a little bit off the beaten path. It, it, do you ever notice a, a time when it's not good for someone to be confident? <laughs> no. I mean, it depends on how you define confidence, but the way that I would see it, the, the definition I just gave, no. There's never a time that we would want to not be on our own side, devalue ourselves, and hate ourselves. I can't see any circumstance. <laughs> even when we've fallen short, even if we were an asshole and we, you know, criticize someone or you yelled at your kid or you whatever, no matter what the behavior, there is accountability. There is taking a a long, hard look at what you did, but we got to do it with inquiry. We got to do it with curiosity. We got to hold it with compassion because if we turn on ourselves and we punish ourselves, that does not lead to an improvement in our behavior. And that's proven by just tons of research. So so no, we never. There's never a time that doesn't require self-compassion or self-love, and I don't think there's ever a time to not believe in ourselves. Because even if our, even if our belief, someone might say, is delusional, there's also a level of persistence in that, that is powerful. Now, we also again want to be taking in feedback from the world. So if it's like I'm going to. Classic, classic example from Tony Robbins, which I love, is if you are trying to get to the sunset and you're running east, you're never going to get it. Sets in the west. So it doesn't matter how much confidence or belief you have, you're never going to get there. So yeah, you want to take in feedback, but even still, that's just that's even more confidence, right? To be able to be willing to say, huh, what am I doing that's working? I'm sure I'm doing things that aren't working. Yes, I'm not perfect. Um, but that that's absolutely essential as well. Now, if you look at what someone might call overconfidence or arrogance, um, I don't think that's true confidence. That's actually uh, compensating for inner feelings of insecurity, inadequacy. Then in that case, um, you know, there is a time 
that, that we don't want to be overconfident or arrogant. But true confidence, more, the more the better. Just pile it on. That's what I say. <laughs> well, I love your wisdom about discerning really how we define confidence. And when we look at it as, you know, self-compassion and, and love and all those uh, good things, then, yeah, the, the more the merrier. Um, what is one of the biggest myths that you think exist about confidence? Well, it, it's amazing that it persists so consistently across people that I've talked to. But it's it's there, which is it's an inherent trait that it's a it's like a inherent born personality trait is the one that I see many people, even if they don't consciously describe it that way. When you start to dig into their stories about themselves, they'll make a subtle distinction between me and a confident person. Well, Mm. they could do that because they're a confident. Oh, they're charming. They were born that way or they had some experience that just made them that way. And that's not me. And so it's not seeing it as a skill that can be developed. Just And people have this still with like a musical instrument. Oh, I'm just not musical. And yes, you know, maybe there's a range of musical intelligence that we're, you know, our, our potential. Someone has a greater potential. But even if you were born with no musical potential, if you practiced an instrument one hour a day for years, you would master it. No matter how, no matter what you think of as your musical potential. And it's the same thing with confidence is if you are, and that's where I bring it back to the beginning of the interview. The, the truth is, you know, the medicine that I don't maybe lead with is that confidence is a discipline yeah. and it's something that we form with our habits and our rituals. And so no matter what you've achieved, there's people that are extremely successful or have an amazing relationship, myself included, that if I don't practice the habits and the rituals of confidence, I won't feel confident. I'll feel negative or doubt myself. And so we need to practice that habit. And if we do, and it's a skill and we build it, then we can continue to excel. So I think that's the biggest myth that it's an inborn trait. And the the truth is it's a skill that anyone can develop if they're committed to doing it. Mm. And I think that's a beautiful way to wrap up here with the the humbleness and the groundedness of recognizing that even you know, Aziz, who has dedicated much of his life to studying and, and mastering and helping people with confidence, this is a man who, who lives this and, and breathes this, even if he doesn't do it, right, the confidence starts to to fade out. And confidence is really a practice, a skill, a discipline, something that no matter what level we achieve at, uh, it's it's not about arriving there. It's about continuing to exercise and show up there. Aziz, thank you so much for the the wisdom today. If people want to continue to engage and connect with you, what's the best way that they can go about doing that now? Sure. There's there's a lot of ways. I have tons of free ways to learn because I my mission is Operation Mass Liberation, and I want to help everyone become more confident in themselves. So you can start with my website, which is socialconfidencecenter.com, socialconfidencecenter.com. There, there's a, an ebook uh, that people can download. It's really in-depth. It's the five core steps that anyone needs to take to unleash their confidence. And from there, there's links to, uh, I have a YouTube channel called Get More Confidence and a podcast called Shrink for the Shy Guy. All of that stuff's free. And uh, it, it's a great place to start. It's all on that website, though. Right on, dude. Well, thank you again.